Good evening and welcome to What's the Crack podcast. I'm joined again with my co-host Neil. Neil, how are you, mate? Yeah, good, David. You all good, mate? All good, thank you, mate. And today we're joined by a YouTuber, a massive cough fan. He's got over 4,500 subscribers on YouTube. Alex Craig, how are you, mate? Uh, good to be here, mate. Yeah, very good. Our pleasure. Good, good to have you, Alex, mate. The, the groundhopper extraordinaire. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> I mean, uh, currently only visited 117. Uh, yeah, only, mate, only, yeah. I, I say only, uh, but for an 18-year-old, I'd say it's okay. Um, mate, I'm 29, and it's more than I've done. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you look at some of the grounds I've been to, I don't think you'd want to spend your Saturdays in November at Shep Shed Dynamo in the rain. <laughs> so, I haven't know, been there, mate, I agree. <laughs> life choices. Have you actually been to Shep Shed Dynamo? I, I have, mate, yeah. I have. Oh. Um, so, un- unknown. Uh, some people might not know this. I've, I've had a little bit to do with local amateur football with Triumph Athletic, um, and we've had a couple of pre-season games in some of the grounds you've been to. So one of your recent videos, Fairfield Villa, uh, we were over there. Um, obviously, we've played at Copswood, Spinks. We've, we've done all the local ones, the Oval, with better sort of things. So, yeah, some of those non-league grounds that are dodgy, dodgy cup of tea and a dodgy bounce for a keeper. Yeah, we, we, we've done all them, mate. We've done all them. I mean, Shepshed Dynamo is one that, I mean, even even for the grounds I've been to, I wasn't too much of a fan of. So, <laughs> but them, them pitches and the quality of football is not on the level of where you'd really want to go on a Saturday. But I don't know. I think I've enjoyed a lot of that. And I don't know. I don't even know what it is with ground hopping. It's just going to watch a game of football, especially recently when I've not been able to go watch City. It's just been kind of a escape and something to do, really. Definitely, mate. Definitely. You mentioned going to watch City there, Alex. With all our guests, we like to go straight back to the start. What was your first commentary game you ever attended? Um, August 2006. I hadn't started primary school at this point. Uh, just finishing nursery, we beat Sunderland 2-1, first home game of the season. Was that Stern John? Stern John, yeah. Yeah, I only, I only know because I've got pretty much every programme of every game I've been to. Yeah. But... I, uh, if I ask my dad, he's not going to know the first game and first memory or anything. Um, if I ask him games he's been to, he'd be like, I don't remember that one and I'll remember them. But yeah, I, I think that was my first game. I kind of remember that game because up until that point, uh, I think England in the summer watching the World Cup was my first memory. But I was only, what, three years old? Well, yeah. yeah, three years old at that point. I feel old. That's how do I, to be honest. Oh, mate, I feel really old. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, so, I've listened to some of your previous podcasts and you'll talk about being at a game and I think I wasn't even born at this point. Yeah. yeah. yeah don't rub it in, mate. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so my first game was 96 and, yeah, that was, what, seven years before you were born? Seven, yeah. Yeah, I feel well old. <laughs> oh, dear. So, you, you, we've mentioned the first game. Anyone who knows me and listens to any of the pods knows I've got a little bit of a penchant for uh, a football shirt. What was your first shirt that you wear, mate? Uh, that season, the 607, the kind of light and dark blue stripes, Cassidy Group. I think it was Puma yeah. that made it. Yes. So, yeah, the season after, yeah, that one. Um, last top that was. Yeah, I've been trying to get one in my size quite recently for like a decent enough price. I've got a mate that's got one, but... Yeah, I think that's my first Cov shirt. And then after that, I had the blue and white 125 years one. Yeah. But 
up until probably the age of 12, I had all the goalkeeper shirts. Did you? Which is random because I never played in goal, like ever, in Sunday League. So I don't understand why I had the keeper shirt. Uh, one year I had Westwood on the back. Uh, this was, I think, the same season as the 125 years one. But I don't know. I don't know why I always had the keeper shirt. Probably because my mum would buy it. I think it'd be warm in a long sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, it's funny you should say that. I always had away shirts. I always had away shirts. And, you know, we spoke about it on the pod that I, I've always preferred them. But I actually had to double check with my mum yesterday. Um, I weirdly texted her talking and I said, Mum, so why do I always have away shirts? Was it that, that I, I just preferred them or did you just get a bulk deal because you brought a home and away one and give the home one to my brother? And she's like, no, you just wanted to be different. That's why you wanted the away one. So um, I, I, I understand your feeling now. You know, you've got all your mates rocking around in the home kit and you're there in a different one. Uh. It's um, obviously mentioned in terms of away shirts, Alex. What was your first away game? Um... Leicester away, I'm not too sure. I think it might have been the season after. So, 07, 08, I can't remember. It might have been 08, 09. I'm not sure what year they're in League One, but the year after, um, or it might have been the year they got relegated. I'm not too sure. I'm really if, not too It was Leicester you, away. If you remember the score, I when it is. We lost 2-0. Um, and my dad left early. He always left early if we if we weren't winning or just things weren't going our way. Um the only reason I remember that again is the programme. And the only thing I remember from that day was being quite near the, the back, couldn't really see much. Um, and then like kind of around the Walker Stadium at the time, there was like all Walker's crisps around the roof kind of yeah. things like around the top. I remember that being a bit weird. But other than that, that's all I remember from that day. Same, same <laughs> as me. Mine was Leicester away as well, but it was actually at the old ground because I'm, I'm a bit older than you. But um, yeah, um, Always good, good introductions to away games, Leicester, because obviously with the atmosphere and the, the big derby and stuff, it's kind of like, you don't really get much bigger than this for an away league game. I mean, it's a bit annoying now, because obviously last season we had the chance to beat Birmingham and go and play them, and I was really excited because I'd never seen us play Leicester away since. I know we had a 2-2 draw there one season on the telly, I think. Yeah, we spoke yeah. about it, Daniel. What a, what a game that was. Yeah, that was a hell of a game. Was that, was that, the, that was the McPake overhead kick, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. Then Gary Deegan equaliser. Gary Deegan. I remember wow. watching that one on the TV, but I didn't go to that one. But kind of at a young age, I didn't really go to many away games. My dad always went with his mates, so Man United away. I missed out on that. He was there. Cholton, last game of the season where we stayed up, he was there. And the only re- real reason I remember these games is because he'd, he'd call me up after. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pretty Just cool. it, that's... Bring 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 back a program, and he'd be like, "Here you go." But I've, I only really went to two or three away games with him at a young age. I uh, went Forest away one year, lost one nil. Um, but then when I stopped going with my dad, or he just decided that League One football wasn't great, I kind of did my own thing, and I very rarely miss an away game now. So, did did, did your dad not go anymore, Dad, mate? Um, occasionally, I mean. The thing is with my dad, I think he's one of them. Because when he used to take me, it was always me and him. And then after the Northampton season, he's gone occasionally with his mates. Um, obviously, the big games, like you know, but not really, not as much anymore. Um, I don't know though. Now we're in the championship. I wouldn't be surprised if next season he wants to get a season ticket yeah. and tag along again. Mm. I, I know what you mean. There's a lot of people that have said something similar, haven't they? They've said that. They just couldn't put up with the standard of football. 
I, I know I feel that pain because we, we all went through it. Um, you mentioned that you go to it a lot more and we touched on your ground hopping. Um, what was your best away game with the city? And what I'll, what I'll say is we try and stick away from the obvious, uh, not Notts County, um, not really Wembley. Is, is there a one away game that kind of sticks out? To be honest, if you'd have asked me this question and not mentioned Notts County, I don't think I'd have said Notts County. Fair because I, I, there's so many that stick out. I'm, I'm only basing this off the past four years, maybe. Mm-hmm. But I was originally going to say the 5-4 at Sunderland. It was such a great, great day, though, that was. Like, the way I see it, I saw every, all of my mates that day. We somehow won that game. The atmosphere was fantastic, but I'm going to say Grimsby away, the 2-0. Um, was that McNulty and Grimmer? McNulty and a Grimmer header. Yeah, and not, that was for the, not for the fact that it was a great away day. Not for the, you know, it was. It was deep down. Not for the fact that we beat Grimsby, but I hadn't seen Coventry City win away for over a year at that point. <laughs> and yeah, fair point, it yeah. Was, it was like the turning point of, everything like the whole week i was in such a great mood and i remember like the next day i had a friend round don't really care about football and i was so happy about the football and i was so happy that we beat grimsby 2-0 like grims little grimsby town no disrespect to them they're like in the bottom six of league two at the moment but at the time it was such a big turning point for me that was kind of the start i mean yeah you had wembley but we got relegated a couple of weeks after that. We started yeah. playing good football, to be honest, under Mark yeah. Robbins anyway. We got a few good results, but that was the turning point. Finally, we went to an away game and we'd won after a season in League One, which was really my first season going to the away games on my own, which was a terrible experience. I remember the 3-0 loss at Northampton. Um, and I, I hope the day in... that was with atmosphere and stuff. Yeah, I didn't have a ticket in the away end that day, but I somehow ended up in the away end. Um don't want to get too far into it, but we kind of, me and my mate had about half an hour discussion with the steward, then revealed that we're Coventry fans. Would it be okay if you let us in the away end? Now, it's going one of two ways. We're either going to kick us out or we're going to somehow get in the away end. They let us in the away end and it was a very toxic atmosphere. Yeah. The players, it was, it was a horrible experience, but I don't know, I could never have sat in the home end and that was the only time I've ever not got tickets in the away and even like Exeter when 300 had tickets I've got a funny story about that one as well but we somehow got tickets for that game um, and we very nearly ended up in the home end but we got away tickets for that uh, but no Northampton is the only time I've ever been in the home end and it was weird because we were right next to the Coventry fans and as they're starting to pack in I'm looking over at the Coventry fans singing and I'm sat down thinking I, I can't can't sit here <laughs> but this is and, and like, then like seeing people you know and stuff like yeah yeah like I could see like even though it was pretty far I could see faces I was like oh no, I'm over here like do you know what I mean and then I'm thinking what if we win imagine <laughs> that and, I, and that, so I had to but yeah after such a bad season I'd probably say Grimsby away was the best kind of just because of the turning point there's so many good yeah. ones the Portsmouth 3-3 of last season um, even the loss at Watford the only the only downside the atmosphere was, the was phenomenal. Atmosphere. Yeah, the ho- the away atmosphere was great. The home atmosphere, in my opinion, it was it, it it didn't annoy me. But I'd went there in the league probably six months prior. They played Crystal Palace. It was a nil nil, but the atmosphere was really good, and it just kind of annoyed me the fact that 
all them home fans didn't turn up and, and I don't know. But I guess you get that with some Premier League sides when they're playing a yeah. lower league team. Definitely. And going back to Grimsby, that, that's a proper old school stadium, isn't it? That's like your quintessential Northern English football stadium. I mean, I don't know why it gets so much stick because, I mean, yeah, a lot of people will look back on the League Two season and think there's so many terrible stadiums. But I think that was probably one of the best. The proper old school football ground, you get a good view of the big fish factory in the <laughs> distance from the away end. Uh, but it was a proper football ground. You had all the poles in the way as well. Yeah. Um, it's not even just a stadium. I remember go- going that day. I went up there early. Because obviously it's, the ground's actually in Cleesthorpe. So we, were, we had a beer on the beach on the pier and stuff. It was a good day out, that was. It was decent, to be fair. And, you know, it, it, it shies away from the likes of MK Dons and Oxford and typical grounds that I've been to about five times with no yeah. character. And so, yeah, and Grimsby have got quite good away support as well. I don't think it gets spoken about enough, but back when they were in non-league, they brought quite good away following. And even to us, even though, you know, it was 2000, they still sung quite a lot. They might have got battered 4-0, but I don't know. I've got a lot of time for Grimsby. I think their fans are quite good. I've got, I've got a mate who's a Grimsby fan and he goes home and away and there is a there's a good core group of fans that they've got that literally will go rain or shine home and away no matter what league they're in and they are they're a good bunch we mentioned your best away day Alex have you got a favourite ever game again trying kind of stay clear of Wembley and Notts County um, it's a difficult one I I've tried to think of my favourite home game because I didn't want to say the same for away and home. And yeah. I could say the Sunderland 5-4. And to be honest, I've only ever had the St Andrews experience and and the Rico experience in a season in Northampton. Not a game at the Northampton's going to get in it and not a game at St Andrews, no disrespect. So I had a look through my, my old programmes and everything and Newcastle at home in the Carlin Cup. We lost. Yeah. We lost. But I think the whole story, I remember this so vividly. So this was 2008. So, or yeah, 2008. So I'm five years old at this point and I still have a really clear vision. So like I said about 10 minutes ago, my dad always used to leave early and we were 2-1 down. So we used to walk back up near the coaching horses he'd park there and we'd kind of drive home or walk home or wherever. So we're walking back from... We used to sit in block 16. So we've walked from block 16 all the way through the back car park, kind of towards Rowley's Green, so near where Dylan's Brewery is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're kind of halfway down that road, and I just hear a big roar from the Rico. Big, big Scott Dan bang went in, didn't it? Scott Dan header. <laughs> well, was that, was, was that from Gunners Long Throw? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was the only goal we ever scored from Gunners Long Throw. <laughs> <laughs> and he picked me up. I remember it to this day and just ran back into the Rico and just, uh, it was, I'm just in my dad's arms and he's just carrying me running. I don't know where he got the energy from. Um, we get into the ground, all the Coventry fans are singing and we've just took a random seat in the Telegraph stand. And even though we lost the game, I think they brought Michael Owen on after that. Yeah, they did. Mate, yeah. But, he, he got the winner. I, I'm not surprised but look, <laughs> looking back on it just because that's one of them moments that I'll probably have for the rest of my life you know we've had a lot of good games the, the Chelsea 2-0 remember that very well my mum came to that game I think she only went because she liked Frank Lampard uh, but other than that you know I think the Newcastle game is probably one that really does stick out for me 
or even though I wasn't there, the 2-0 against Man United, because the fact Coventry had beat Man United for a four-year-old didn't know who was playing. <laughs> In my head, we'd beaten Wayne Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so it was amazing, but yeah, I'd probably see a Newcastle game. You say that, maybe. You look at the side they had out. They had Gerard Piquet. I look at the career he's going to add. Um, exactly. Nani as well. Quite a few. Yeah. Nani Anderson played. Um, I think John O'Shea played. He did, if, yeah. if not, Johnny Evans definitely did. I say I haven't. I say I didn't go to that game. I've got it on DVD. I've probably watched it about fifty times. So. <laughs> it's quite mad. You mentioned the Newcastle at home game. So I remember after that game being proper deflated and depressed, and got back on the bus. And Neil was at the back of the bus I'm on, just down in a can of carlin, just not talking to anyone. I remember it to this day. He's <laughs> <laughs> just, just out at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only a beer, isn't it? But yeah, I remember it. You yeah. were all well depressed. It was silence the whole way back. We used to be singing every week, but it was just silence, weren't it? The yeah. So that's very like the Birmingham away game. Like, I, that's probably the first game I've actually cried on the way home. Not, not because I'm upset or anything. I was, it was just, you get to such a point where you're like, Finally, we're going to play Leicester. We're beating Birmingham. And they they got the equaliser. And I went to Birmingham uh. in the third round. They played Blackburn on the Saturday. And they scored Jeremy Beller in the last minute against Blackburn as well. So the three goals they scored in the third and fourth round were all last-minute winners. And it was just frustr- very frustrating. And I don't know. It was when you feel that best emotion that something really really good's happening and then all of a sudden it's just taken away from you in seconds from another team score and it's just yeah i, I think the, i'm the same as you because i wanted to play leicester again so much because as much as i hate villa i hate leicester prob- probably a bit more but the, the, even going back to the first leg o'hare misses the chance in stop it's so frustrating thinking about it now so, so my seat so i was literally about six yards away from him um, and on the way in, I was joking with all my mates, and someone someone said, oh, we're going to win this 1-0, O'Hare's going to score last minute. And we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. And we're there, and obviously the atmosphere is rocking, and everyone's having a lovely time. Um, and the balls come in, and like we're all, we're celebrating. I'm nearly on the pitch. I was right at the barrier. We were gone. There was me and about four of us. We were gone. We, we were, if, that, if that went in, we were on the pitch, didn't care. Um, and I think he thought he'd already scored. Like you could see, he was looking at us. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I, I wanted to hit him there, and then like my head gone. Uh, <laughs> I was absolutely spewing, and then like I, I ended up saying that that's it. We, we, we're going to lose this tie now. But then, obviously, the replay back up with his dreadlocks, absolutely tearing him to pieces. Where's he gone? Can we have him back, please? Um, and then yeah, the, like you say, the last minute, and then the penalties, and you just think. Fuck. Yeah, the proper deflated. Proper, proper deflated. I think that game, though, I don't really remember much, to be honest, from, from that game. I think I spent most of the day in the roost and then I was just really nervous, the, the, the first Birmingham game. Second Birmingham game, I kind of had no choice because it was a Friday night, wasn't it? Or a Tuesday night? Yeah, it was so week, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I went straight from sixth form on the Bedworth supporters coach, so I didn't really you know, have any time to settle my nerves, but even looking back on them them games, I feel as if we'd have won that and we'd have gone to Leicester, maybe we'd have dropped a couple of points in the process because if you look at it, we picked up points against Sunderland, Ipswich, uh, Portsmouth in the time where if we were preparing for the Leicester game, and yeah. I'm pretty sure even though it's a Premier League side and if it was any other Premier League side and we're in such a big position, maybe we wouldn't have started our best team because it was Leicester City 
yeah, so definitely been taken so seriously that you know maybe because at the end of the day, like obviously you want to win a derby, but if you look at a side like that, you can never expect us to to win against any Premier League side. If you look back at the Brighton game when we were in League Two or the Watford game, it's just being there and having the experience and probably wanting to cup a um, well cause a cup upset. Well, I think you you can include the Stoke game in that. Fair enough, that was at home. But I think yeah. everyone everyone went to that just to kind of watch Premier League football. Like it was a case. Of, I, I know my thing, my thoughts that day were: we're not going to win, but I love Peter Crouch. Um, that was I, my fifteenth birthday, and I'd just come back from holiday, <laughs> and um, I thought I was going to have a delayed because we had a delayed flight. We we're in Tenerife, and um, we had a delayed flight, and I've already missed three the past three games and I'm not having that stoke in the cup on my birthday but we landed the day before got up and yeah I had a, had a really good day 1-2-1 and that Stoke game as well I can't believe I forgot that one that's probably one of the best games that I've been to there's so there's so many in the past five years yeah which I mean so many of them look overlooked some of the games I went to as a kid and I, I can't believe you know my dad stopped going the second things got good but, uh, <laughs> we can't mention the strike game without mentioning Jordan Willis, the greatest of all time. I had to say it, didn't I? I had to say it. Mate, if I had a quid for every time you dropped this in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, right, so we know that's your favourite ever player, Dave. Who, Alex, who's your favourite ever City player? Okay, don't laugh. Daily Adibola. Love him. Fair Love play. Legend. Only because when I started going, my... When I watched England in the World Cup 2006, Rooney was my favourite player, just because he was the striker. And he, you know, I didn't. I had a little bit of knowledge of Man United. I had an auntie, and she supported Man United, so I'd go around her house. And I think she wanted me to support United, but my my dad weren't having none of it. Can't uh, she actually bought me a United shirt for Christmas, uh, but I think I'd rather have supported Cov because we'd beat them in the Carling Cup. So <laughs> it was, that, that, that's how it was. But. Um, Adi Bola was our striker and he actually came to my nursery. Um, oh, did it? I've got a photo. I think it's a, a couple of weeks before I started primary school. So I'd only been to the first two home games of that season. And yeah, I remember just having a kickabout with him. But I don't, I've got photos. I don't remember yeah. it as such. But just, yeah. And I, I saw him as well a while ago. I was just walking under the bridge where the train is at the Rico and I had a good five minute conversation with him. Uh, but that was the day of a home game quite a few years ago. But I don't know. If if I look back on it, he's probably my favourite player of all time. Obviously, we've had better players. And Dukens Nazon's probably one of my favourites as well. Jordan Shipley, Max Biamu. But all because that I've spoke to them and they've all given time for me. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Um, I that. You know, like Sutton United away in a friendly. Um, the day England played in the World Cup. Um, I think we had them at two o'clock kickoff, and yeah, they kicked off early, didn't they? And didn't the ref blow up early? Yeah, the ref blew up probably four or five minutes early, so we could go watch the England game. <laughs> and after after me and Sanjay go right, we've where are we watching the England game? I said, we'll we'll go in the clubhouse, and we go into the clubhouse, and this bold bloke comes over to me saying, "Oh, I love your videos and everything." And then his son comes over, which is Jordan Shipley. He then starts saying he watches my videos. So just speaking to the players on that personal level was yeah. It's one of them, and Max Biamu again. Um, a couple of months ago, I was feeling quite down, and I had a conversation with him over social media. And I think having players like that, you know, that have 
provided as well good memories for the club. Chippy's right. goal at Wembley, Biamu's goal at Notts County. So, Doug Hens-Nazon's a, a weird one as well. I had this, like, remember his goal at Swindon? What a stride. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't a bad player, was he, to be fair? Doug Hens-Nazon's a weird one because I look back on it and feel as if the second he fell out with Robbins, he wasn't starting. It's a, mm. a weird one. I had like a rubber duck for years. I think my dad, <laughs> won, my dad won it from, like, I think we played Middlesbrough at home. 10-11 season I don't know how my dad won it but he came over to me in the pub like oh I've just got this rubber duck you can have it and I had it on my windowsill for years and we played I think it was Borenwood in the FA Cup and I woke up that morning and I looked to my left and I saw this duck and I don't know how on match day for some reason it just took him as naz on how have I not clocked on all season when we've been saying feed the duck so I took it to the, <laughs> game, took it to the game with me I thought, I'm going to give him it at the end of the game. Uh, and ever since, every six months, I'll probably message him saying, do you still have the duck? And I, I believe he still got it. So, uh, How did he take yeah. it, mate, when you handed him a rubber duck? I've got video. I've got it on video, actually. Um, you have he, to send he, it to us, man. We'll whack it up with a podcast. Yeah, he found it, he found it quite funny. Um, but, yeah, I said, if you don't stay, you've got to give it me back. But he, he left anyway. And to be honest, we <laughs> still got promoted, so... Yeah, definitely. He was, a, he was a hell of a player, to be fair. Uh, he's one that everyone seems to forget about because then, obviously, Bright came in the next season and kind of stole the limelight a little bit because of how good he was. Um, so, out the current squad, you mentioned Chipley, Biamu. Um, who, who's your favourite player, you know, that's currently playing their trade for us? I, I think we know who it's going to be, don't we? Uh, I wouldn't say I've got a favourite player. I know you think I'm going to say Biamu or Shipley, but... I'd... No, I, I thought you were going to say Hamer, to be honest. I, Hamer, I highly rate Gus Hamer. I really do. I like both the goalkeepers as well. Um, yeah, good shout. I, I don't think there's a player that I would, I would class as my favourite. Just, there never really has been since I was younger. So, like, if you were to say, who do you want on the back of your shirt, I could never have, you know, thought I'll get this person or that person. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I only got Max really because he messaged me, and I thought, you know what, he's a a decent bloke, and every everyone will agree with me. He's just he's a genuinely lovely, lovely bloke. Exactly, and you know, he's one of them players. I'll be perfectly honest. At the start of the season, before anything had started, I said, right, we've got to get rid of Max because me looking at it, we signed him from a non-league club. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, I watched him play for Sutton United against Solihull Moors, and I didn't really think he was that good. But then he signed for us, and I didn't even realise who he was. And then all of a sudden, he was our best player in the second half of the League Two season. The first half, I remember Exeter away. This was a week before we bagged two goals against Swindon. Um, there's 300 Cough fans there, and this old bloke in front of me, all game, is slagging Biamu off. Every five minutes, he's all horrible. Why won't he go for the ball? He's terrible. And it was a miserable day. Exeter fans were really good. Um, I think it was a Jordan Willis uh, who gave the goal away. Funny you mention that, it was my my 25th birthday. I was there myself and it was just a terrible day all around. It was. And um, the whole game he stagged Biamu off and I stood next to one of my mates whose favourite player was Biamu. And he he didn't say anything, but I could just tell by his face. Next week, Biamu got both of the goals and then he scored against MK Dons the week after. So after that, Biamu started becoming a lot better for player. But he's definitely proved me wrong along with a few players. I've said it for a long time, Dominic Hyam's one of our most built players. I, I said it the first season in League Two saying he's very underrated but because there were so many new good players in that side 
I feel as if he got a little bit overlooked, if you get what I'm saying. He got lost to the shuffle a little bit. Yeah, and then the first season back in League One, he was, I think he was player of the year, wasn't he? So, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I wouldn't say I've got a favourite player. There's one or two players I'm not the biggest fan of. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I've got a favourite player to be honest. Sorry, have such a boring answer. But, That's all right. Yeah. Uh, just just to mention the two players you're not a big fan of. Who are they? If you don't mind mentioning or? Um, I hate I hate doing this, but Jervain Castanier is one of them. He, or, he's, as, he's as wild as a doctor's handwriting, mate. You don't know what you're getting with him. Yeah, I go and watch. I go and watch in the 23s quite a lot. Um, when he's making like he slip, he's still slipping to this day on the under twenty threes pitch against Sheffield United at the Alan Higgs. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't, I don't like sitting and tagging players off, but he's one that I'm not a biggest fan of. And uh, Bakayoko's uh, another one who's hitting. Oh, yeah, eight hundred percent. I think I've got a love and hate relationship with Bakayoko. Um, you know what though? He's a lovely bloke. <laughs> Yeah, yeah but, but being lovely, uh, bloke, he doesn't score twenty goals a season, so he, does, nah. he could, could be the nicest bloke in the world. He doesn't offer anything to the football club. Do you know what I mean? I get that completely. I, just, I had high hopes from this season in the fact that he's a big physical unit. We mentioned the Birmingham game, the, the away game in the cup last season with with his dreads, where yeah. he, he bullied them, and he was. I thought he was unplayable, and I thought if that bloke turned up week in week out, we'd be we'd love him. We'd love him more than we love Goddard. You know, he'd be up there like a proper fan's favourite, but his postcode's offside. Like, and uh, what game was it last season? Um, I want to say Accrington Stanley. I think it was. Uh, oh, oh, horrible game! But like that, there was one. I think he had one chance. There was one on one, and I'm like, he can't miss this. He can't, and he did. And you just think, like. You're a professional footballer. He doesn't like using both feet, which for me, I think it's criminal for any professional footballer. Like, I, 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 I know lads that play locally that can use both feet. And, and, you know, they've never made a career out of the game. So people who train day in, day out should be able to use both feet. Um, I think it's quite surprising, though, how many one-footed players are still have in the professional game now. Yeah, true, yeah. That's, that's another valid point. But for some reason, Backer just seems... I think there was one where... He works so hard to get on his left foot, and you just like just 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 trust your right foot. You never know. Like he had that much space, but he worked it back onto his left foot, and it's just you can tell the confidence weren't there, and it's oh so frustrating. But yeah, I I, I think you know the fact that Rob Robbins has come out today and said that he's not going to go anywhere in January, which I think is a, I get with Godden and Walker being injured, you don't want to leave yourself short, but. I think those wages could really free up. It's a bit, it's a bit off topic compared to the questions. But I was gutted earlier when I seen Jaws had gone back. I really rate Ryan Jaws. I think he's a good, good player. I think we need that bit of pace. But if we're bringing yeah. in another left back, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen Brandon Mason play, I think twice now. Oh, look, Mason! I think he's a good player. And I think at St Mirren he's doing a great job. But yeah. I don't, I, I don't see why he's gone on out on loan at all. I massively agree with that, mate. Yeah. He's playing on the wing at St Mirren. Hopefully, we, we hold on to him. I know we don't really tend to play with wingers, and that's why Castaner's probably not had a look in along with Gibello. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel as if Mason would be great on the wing or even at left back. And I think the problem with McCallum is, I think he's a little bit like Ryan Haynes. He's one player that I've not always been the biggest fan of. And 
I think everyone's clocked onto that. And I think he scored a couple of times and everyone would warm me up about it. But <laughs> he was just fast and he would never come back. And I feel as if him and McCallum are quite similar. McCallum's probably a little bit better. But defending's not their main purpose, really. Which, for a left-back, it should be. Yeah, I, I, I get that point. Um, just another question about about the current squad, Alex. I, um, it's not from us, really, but I've seen a, a debate about it on Twitter last week. Would you offer Jody Jones a new contract in the summer? Um, oh, I'm in two minds about this. Uh, hey, you're not allowed to mention his name. We know this. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, but genuinely, I was just interested in the people's opinions. Obviously, I've right. got my own, which people know about. But So... I see Jody Jones in two lights. The Jody Jones we first saw against Colchester at home when we lost 1-0, the season where we should have got promoted. This young mm-hmm. lad that came on, he was fantastic. He'd been tearing it up in Leeds, he was tagging Regbridge. And then you see Jody Jones now. Last time I saw Jody Jones play, I think it was MK Dons in the Cup last season, 2-0 loss. I don't know, with a leasing.com trophy. Yeah. And he, he looked a bit stocky, he looked a bit bigger, and he looked ready to play sort of thing. But then it's another injury, it's another injury. And he didn't give me the impression he gave me four years ago. Yeah. So based off that alone, no. But at the same time, I think as an ambassador for the club, and I know this, like you say, a, a, a nice bloke or whatever shouldn't be, you know, based on we keep him at the club. But I think he has been a really good ambassador for the club. He's done a lot for charity, um, and again, a little bit like Biamma, I think he has a good relationship, especially with a lot of the younger fans. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, 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 Alex, the annoying I, thing about it is, sorry to interrupt you, but the annoying no, thing about no, it also. is, five years ago, it was like, this guy's great. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we had players like Ryan Kent, Adam Armstrong, Jacob Murphy. We had a quality side, James Madison as well. He he kind of blended a little bit. He wasn't as good, but he was a little bit younger. But you could tell he would have, he wouldn't be here if he didn't. What I'm trying to say is, he wouldn't be here anymore if he didn't have all these injuries. And it's just annoying that these injuries have happened because yeah. he's still kind of not stuck here, but not been able to become the player he would be. I think it's a good point about being in the best of the club because I tweeted not, not long ago saying I wouldn't give him a new contract personally, but I would keep him with the club and pay him a wage in some degree because but for me personally, I think I think it's so good with, with the younger fans. Um, maybe something to do with Scobbies in the community or some, something around that because I think he's perfect for it. I know he's a professional footballer and he, he probably he wants to play football and if he, if he, got, if he leaves and, and try and does that again, all the best of luck to him. But I'm with you on that one. I'd like to see him stay at the club, just not in a playing way. It's just crazy. Well, because I can't see him leaving because I'm pretty sure he has relocated from London yeah. to like to the Rico. No, I no, mean, he, he lives in Hillsdon, mate, not far from us. Yeah, exactly. I've seen I've I've seen him like videos of him playing football in the park with kids and you yeah. know like I imagine at like ages of twelve, thirteen, being a cough fan, playing football in the park with a a cough player. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, even a five minute kickback is something that you'd remember for the rest of your life. So you know things like that as well, but. Even remember the first game in League Two, or away, or just so many standout games that he's had. For I, I think the, the best I've seen him was at Lincoln away when we win two yeah. one. I thought he was outstanding that day. And they were a good side as well in League Two. Lincoln were. Lincoln but, have always been a good side in every league. I feel. Yeah. But but what you've got to look at there is is the division. He was really good in League Two. He teared over Dagenham and Redwood in League Two. He scored the hat trick in League Two. I, I, I'm not sitting here saying he's a League Two player. I'm not sitting here saying he's a Championship player. He's proven. For me, I think we give him a player to play deal if anything. Um, 
let him prove his fitness and then kind of see how he goes. I don't see how he fits in our system, if if I'm being really pragmatic. Um, but yeah, it's it's a weird one because, like you say, he's barely kicked a football in a couple of years. But when he has, he's looked exciting. Um, and like you say, the community work he does and the fact that like kids love him, you know, he's he, he, and he interacts quite well on social media. He's got his Twitch channel, uh, which I know a lot of people watch him on and stuff. So it, it, it's a weird one. And Alex, you're dead on. If he didn't have these injuries, he wouldn't be a cop player now because he would have he would have progressed on and on, and he would have been high end championship player easily. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's it's such a tough one, such a tough one. One last thing about Jody Jones, actually, as well. I mean, oh, God, I was going to say now. I was about to make a point and I completely forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> that happens to the best of us, mate. Trust me. Oh. What do you think? I'm, I'm going to ask you one more question about the current okay. squad. Okay. Um, now, everyone knows that I'm a bit of a fanboy. Um, what's your thoughts on Ben Chief? I don't mind him. To be honest, the first time I saw him play, uh, I was pretty annoyed, to be honest with him. I said, if I played for Coventry City, that would be me. Just running around all excited every time you get the ball, kind of hesitate and just pass to another blue shirt. But I think what he does, the little things he does, the way he plays the ball to other players, his touches and his awareness as well. I think we do need that uh, in the squad. The one thing I would probably say is he's not going to, get a better player he's not going to become a better player sorry if he gets so much stick over social media or you know because let's face it it happens to so many players and I think like I said um, I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with Bakayoko but I think he does still get a lot more stick than he probably needs to on social media you know I think you're hitting there on the head every season at Cov there's always one scapegoat and I think this season it probably is Ben Sheaf and I think you know if you look back on previous seasons as well the scapegoat probably a few years ago was Dominic Hyam and eventually fans started to realise that he was a lot better than maybe people realised. Yeah. Um, have you mem- remembered what you wanted to say about Jody have, Jones? Yeah. Go on, so, mate. So, Jody's only really early 20s, isn't he? Yeah, he's still, yeah, he's still, still, still young lad, yeah. If you think of it, if he never gets injured again, look at Biamu, still what? He's over 30 now, isn't he? And Careful, he, I'm over 30. Careful. He he. Yeah, but if you if you look at an age for a, for a footballer, you know what I mean. He's, yeah, he's, I know he's what you still mean, gone mate. from around Jody's age. A couple, I think he was a couple of years older than what Jody is now. Playing in non-league. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Vardy's another example. So it's still possible for him to play at this level. You know, hundred percent. Exactly, but I don't know. Uh, look look at just. I think the club will make the decision that is needed, and I yeah. I'm not going to disagree with any decision that the club make. But do you know what? I generally feel that if he were to go away, like you say, to a conference side or a League Two side to rebuild his career and work his way back up, that first game that he ever played back against Carl would get welcomed back with open arms. Like yeah, I think it, we it, saw him at the Sunderland game when he came off the bench. He got he got a massive reception that he day. He got a massive reception. And I think he buzzes off that as well, because the amount of times I've seen it on his social media, like yeah. as well. And I think the fans really do mean something, especially to a player like that. So I don't know. We'll just see what the club do. That's end of part one. and We went through everything Coventry City there, but Alex already mentioned himself. He goes to a lot of non-league games, a lot of random games as well. So in part two, we're going to have a look at Alex's wider football knowledge. Welcome back.
welcome back to What's the Crack podcast. We're still here with Alex Craig. In part one, we went through Alex's knowledge of Coventry City. And in part two, um, which I think will be quite interesting because he goes to the most random games in the world, we're going to go through his wider football knowledge. Alex, first of all, mate, what's the best goal you've ever seen live? Right. I knew you were going to ask me this question because you sent me the, the thing. And um, the answer would be the Michael Doyle against Wickham at home. But that was the last home game I missed. Oh, you weren't there? I wasn't there. So I was on holiday in Tenerife in a hot tub watching it on my laptop. But you're all in the freezing cold at the Rico. Yeah, but it was just but, before Christmas, weren't it? But I'm yeah. gutted that I'm not there because there's no other place. But my mum bought the holiday because when she bought the holiday, we were awful in the one. I'm like, well, you know, two-week holiday at Christmas. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> missed quite a few games. I said, I started back for the birthday because, you know, there's always going to be a game on my birthday, which was a Saturday, which was the Stoke game. Um, but that would probably be the best goal, Coventry City goal I've ever seen. But in fairness, I don't really think there is a best goal I've seen. I've watched back some of my videos and thought, what's the best goal? But I don't know. I don't think there is a best goal, you know, and maybe it could be one of the, the Coventry Wembley ones. I don't know. None of them, none of them really stand out. Actually, one that does stand out, and it, it probably will be one of the best goals. You mentioned the, the Liam Walsh one. Uh, I saw Alan Hutton do a very similar thing for Aston Villa against Birmingham once, uh, which was quite a good yeah. goal. But I don't, I don't I want to say that goal. I don't want to say that was the best one just because it was a Villa goal. <laughs> so, it, it, to change the question, then, what's your favourite goal you've seen live? Again, another tough one. Just <laughs> uh, trying to wait right here, mate. <laughs> I, I'm not too. I'm really. I'm not too sure. Uh, the Jack Grimmer header against Grimsby was really good. The Michael, the Michael Rose equaliser. He he got an off-side one as well. We could have won that against Portsmouth, but the Michael Rose equaliser was really, really good. Yeah, I can imagine they've been absolute limbs. It was seen. Bearing in mind, Portsmouth away as well. Like They're a team that a lot of teams in that league really, really struggle with. Yeah. Um, but that even that season, like even before we could win, there were so many goals. The Connor Chaplin one at Plymouth was good. Um yeah, yeah, that, that was so my good. birthday. That was. I was in London. I weren't at the game, but I remember seeing it back. Good start. Yeah. That was that Plymouth. That Plymouth game was a horrible day for me. So I bought a camera just after Christmas in the sales, and I lost it a couple of weeks after at Plymouth. Plymouth Did you? Yeah. Were, were you pissed off or just lost it? Well, I wouldn't say because all my mates at the time were just turning eighteen, seventeen. I've always been one of the youngest in the group. So everyone's kind of trying to get served in these pubs. But once they've had two points, me and my mate, who's probably one of the oldest, 19, 20, without, we just go Weatherspoons. So we kind of just sat in Weatherspoons. And this is where I think I lost it because we sat down eating some food, having a drink. And as we've left, we've quickly left to go back to the coach. And I think I've left it in the Weatherspoons. Uh-huh. But yeah, look, looking back on it, it's lessons, look after the camera sort of thing. Um, That's some crack. Yeah, but no, I've probably said a kind of Chaplin free kick was good. Against us, there's been quite a few good goals, actually. The Biamu one against Yeovil is another one that stands out. I'll, I'll sit goal. here all day. I will sit here all day. Name <laughs> goal. But no, nah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that because um, there's so many. So, so normally when we ask this next question, it's normally players that have, you know, people have seen play against Cuff. But with your ground hopping um, and the fact that you've, you've gone to so many random games, Who's the best player you've ever seen live? So, I had to go to my programme collection for this one. Um, 
I've been to Spurs new stadium. I've seen Inter Milan play. I've seen Wolves play a few Europa games. Um, but I'd say the best player is still against Kov. Uh, looking at the team that Chelsea put out in 2009, it's got to be Didier Drogba. What a player. He, he tore us apart that day. And I think looking back on that, on that whole experience that playing Chelsea, getting to that part of the FA Cup as well, seeing the players, I mean, usually in the championship at that age, I didn't care about Nottingham Forest's team, Watford's team, even though looking back on it, I'll have a look and see names like Kyle Walker, seeing us play against decent players, but at the time, they didn't mean anything to me. But when we played Chelsea, I could name every single player on the opposition team, and that was probably the first time I've ever been able to do that. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that was, and I think it was great respect from them. The fact that they named such a strong side. Even looking back to this day, it was just different levels. I remember the second goal when Alex scored in the break. It was just a different class, man. And even looking back on that now, like the team we had that season compared to theirs, they could have easily, like looking at some of the the reserve players or the the substitutes, they didn't have to start Peter Cech. They didn't have to start John Terry. They didn't have to start Ashley Cole, but they did, and. I respect that. Yeah, massively, man, massively. Um, Alex, you've seen that many teams play, really. Um, so this could be another hard question for you, to be honest. Um, is there a team you got a soft spot for? Right, I'm going to say Coventry Sphinx. People will say, how is that even a team? No, uh, it's, it's fair play. But when you go to a, an under-18s game and celebrate them scoring against, I can't even tell you, like, random teams, the Hormond under-18s, and you celebrate a goal. I think at that point, it really means something to you. And um, I think it's quite clear that I've got a soft spot for Rangers as well. That's kind of yeah, kind of who I grew up around and stuff. And, you know, going to Ibrox is something that I want to do more regularly. But Coventry Sphinx is probably the only team I'll go out my way for other than Coventry City uh, to go and watch, really. And, you know, every Thursday this year, they've had under-18s games or league games on Tuesday nights. And we've had a good season, actually, the under-18s. We made it quite far through the FA Youth Cup. So, obviously, we started in the qualifying round, uh, won a couple of games. And we lost to Doncaster's under-18s mm-hmm. um, on a really foggy Thursday. Well, it was a Wednesday night because lockdown started the very next day. Um but Coventry Sphinx is probably the only team I've got a soft spot for. Quite a few teams I've, I've followed a lot, like Nuneet and Borough. But yeah. that's, only, that's only because it's, you know, easy to get to away games and yeah. such because I know a few people that support them. So instead of going on my own, I'm still going and having a good crack. Like I've been to Newcastle Town this year with them. I've been to King's Langley, Barwell. So even though I don't necessarily support Nuneet and Borough, Bromsgrove Sporting, another team I've watched quite a lot. I'm still able to, you know, go and have a good time there. But now Coventry Sphinx is probably the only team I've really got a soft spot for. I would actually go as far as saying I am a fan of Coventry Sphinx. Uh, they're, they're, great they're a great club, you know. Um, they've got some, they've got some good players there as well. Callum Woodward, their skipper, I used to play against him. He's my age, so we I used to play Sunday mornings against Callum quite a lot. He was playing for Whitley, and I played for Hawksmill. Um, what a player he was back then, and he's, he's gone on and done things. Um, James Bryson signed from this season. Um, he, he had a couple of games for me at the Triumph last year. Um, scored a free kick against Rugby Town. Great strike. Um, so yeah, they've got they've got a good bunch of lads. Um, 
I know a couple of the younger lads that were there as well, like Alex Pearson. Um, you know, some really good players coming through that, and it, it is. It's a great setup, lovely pitch. We a um, couple of seasons ago for the Triumph, we got to two cup semi-finals, um, and both of them were played at the Sphinx, and they just look after you. It's just, it's just a lovely I setup. Them, yeah, I went to both of them semi-finals if I remember rightly. But um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm down there quite a lot, really. Obviously, it's not too far from me where I'm living and stuff. But I don't know. It's also quite a good community club as well because there's probably yeah. a core 30, 40 people that do turn up every week. But it's like everyone knows everyone. I mean, I turned up to the Anstey Nomads game um, a couple of weeks ago. And obviously, you know, I had a few problems a couple of weeks prior. And everyone was just there, was so supportive. And, you know, it's just that kind of feeling of togetherness at a non-league club. And not not only that, but against Dancy Nomad, I think they had Conrad Logan in goal, former Hibs and Mansfield keeper. Yeah. Okay. So I I think even though the standard of football is you know levels below Coventry City, um, you do still get to see a few ex pros, or it's just a good standard of football. I've seen some crazy games down there as well. There was one game where a manager and assistant manager both got sent off, and Spinks won like nine nil. And the other team were like fighting the Sphinx players, and even under even under 18s games, we played in Eton Borough, and um, the youngest player, well, the youngest person on the pitch was the referee, because he was a year <laughs> below he was a year below me at school, which means he was 16 at the time. And the Eton and the uh, Coventry Sphinx players all got into a big brawl. So is, Zach is it Tellin, yeah, yeah Zach, Zach Tellin, one of our players, ran down the wing, rapid player, two footed one of our best players actually for the under 18s and it's a clear red card in, from what I see from behind the goal and all of a sudden Harvey Billing the captain goes over and after that everything went off and it's an under 18s game I've paid three quid to get in and I'm pretty sure Spink smashed them but the best entertainment was that and I'm just looking at the referee thinking oh what, what's, what's going on he's here lost because he, 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 he's lost it and he just blew the whistle and, and for a moment I looked at my mate Jake and I go, is, this, is, he, is he called the game off? Because, but, you know, he ended up just it being half time. Second half, it's pretty boring compared to the first. But, yeah, so the <laughs> team I've got a soft spot for is definitely Coventry Sphinx. Or I don't want to go out without missing Coventry Copswood, actually, because they've looked after me quite, quite well as well. Mm. Um, the only thing with them is they don't play enough on weeknights. So I've not been there enough sort of thing. Um, but, you uh. know, when... When the lockdown started, um, they were the only team that I could go and see because they were inviting me down to do a few videos for them. And yeah. um, again, they've messaged me quite a lot about what happened a few weeks ago with me and stuff. So, yeah, they're another club that I've got a lot of time for as well. Just to touch on another one you mentioned, Alex, before Neil carries on, Rangers. Um, obviously, you're on YouTube and we've seen that you've been to Ibrox to watch them on a European night. And as much as it hurts me to say it, they were pleasure to watch this season. I think the, the job Gerard's done there is phenomenal. Um, I think they've won the league this year. It must have been some experience to go to Ibrox for a European night. Um, well, I always wanted to go to Ibrox because I, a lot of my friends have always wanted to go to Ibrox as well. And a lot of my family have been there time and time and time again. And um, got tickets for the Villarreal game. It was a nil-nil uh, up in Scotland. And if I was to say to someone that I travelled. It was it was a horrendous day actually. It was snowing. It was freezing. So it's the only time my parents have ever given me the day off school as well for a football game. Like going to watch the Rangers. Oh, just go. You can go do it. <laughs> and um, 
so anyway I've, I've got a bag we're staying up in a hotel we went up on the wednesday because it's a thursday night game so we go we go up on the wednesday um and it, uh, how, how'd you get there mate up on the train up on the train which was delayed by 135 minutes <laughs> and then we got to we got to preston it was cancelled so then we went we stood from preston to carlisle at carlisle then the train again was cancelled we waited at carlisle for half an hour and then we got on a train from carlisle to glasgow uh but on the way home it was completely fine so yeah the, the way there took like six and a half seven hours to get to glasgow um but the atmosphere just around glasgow really because we got on the tube everyone's singing you're crammed in the glasgow subway which is compared to london underground absolutely just tiny and you know you get out of Ibrox station and it's singing and it's the flags and everything and just for a european night that was my first european game as well yeah uh, so it was it was just amazing and it was nil nil rangers scored an offside goal and for like the 15 seconds it was just pure scenes uh but yeah rangers fans would say are probably one of the best uh in europe definitely and i'm i'm, I'm not going to sit here and be biased i'd say celtic are very on a similar level as well their fans again um sing every game i know they've won everything um so you know when you're winning everything you're not really you don't have them times but rangers have, have been through a lot more than celtic and they're still there singing so fair play to them but that was a that was a great night even though it was a nil nil and I'd, def- I'd definitely go back. The only the only thing is, and I, I saw a question about it, and I know I had to miss Fleetwood away for this game. And uh, my, my friend... Jacob only tweeted about that, mate, saying we'd he, rather go Fleetwood did, away. He did, and I knew he would. So I, I, was on, I was on call to him, and I said, oh, they've, I've just retweeted this. So I said, oh, I wonder if I'll get any questions. And he goes, I'm going to ask him to ask you about Fleetwood. So I knew I'm going to have to bring this up. But I, I, missed, I missed one game all season for Rangers. And um, yeah, they, they were all there, and still to this day, every year they'll send me a photo. Two years ago today, <laughs> they all at Fleetwood without me. But, Is that the game where we wore the, the the green and black third kit for the first time, and Chaplin hit the Blackpool Tower with a penalty? I was there that game, Alex. You didn't miss anything, mate. At halftime, I wish I wish I was in bed. It was an awful night. I was in bed watching it on iFollow, lads. So, if you're listening, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Um, I am just going to touch on Copswood that you mentioned. See, you may have a soft spot for him. I've got a little bit of a grievance. Uh, we got to the Telegraph Cup final against him a couple of years ago uh, for the triumph, and we, we, we lost 3-2. Um, yeah, I scored a penalty on the pitch before the game, by the way. Um, and then we were one and up. You can't even walk anymore. Yeah, I waddled. Um, <laughs> that's all yours, mate. Um, I had to be, say, to be, that was to... the last time I ever went to. The, we all went to the Rico. That was the yeah, last it, it was the last football game at the Rico. Um, we went one 0 up. Nicky Walker scored a penalty, and then they had a goal ruled out on the stroke of half time uh, for offside, which oh, I still don't think was offside. To be fair, um, and yeah, they come out second half, and we're a different grade. But Cavi scored two straight off. Uh, our keeper Bryce had a blinder that night, I think, and then we brought little Owen, uh, Owen Vassal on. Um, Owen, who's now playing for Copswood, strangely enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, Neil, did Chambo play today? Yeah, Chambo played. Chambo had a really good game that day. He played right wing back for us. Yeah, he had a really good game. Oh, I've just said that on camera. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I WhatsApp him now. <laughs> love it. Yeah, love you, Rob. Uh, no, Rob had, Rob had a good game to be fair. Um, 
But we brought Owen on, and Owen was 17 at the time. Um, he, he went on to the neat in the next season, scored against Cov in the Cup. Scored uh, against the under-18s, I think, as well. Yeah, he's a very good player, but he scored a goal yeah. that night. 17-year-old lad, Cup final at Larico. Good couple of hundred people there. Um, and Coxwood Keeper, he's, he's been around for years. Hello, put him on his arse. Yeah, put him on his arse around them. Just such a composed finish for a young lad. Uh, nearly got us back in the game. Um, and yeah, he's now at Copswood. They took Freeman off us as well. Dave Freeman's. Dave Freeman, got, yeah. Yeah, gone to Copswood as well. So, I joke. They're a, they're a lovely club. They're a lovely club. Um, good bunch of lads up there. And I hope they get back to playing some sort of football soon, as well as everyone else. I think I saw trying to play Copswood in the same competition the next year at, at Copswood's ground. I think it was 3-1 yeah, to Copswood, yeah. We were 1-0 up. Owen Gorman got, had to come off at half-time. Little blonde lad uh, had to come off injured and then we, we kind of capitulated. Yeah. Yeah. It was all, it's always tough. Always tough playing against Copswood. Yeah. It, it, just, just a good setup, Good bunch of lads. Definitely, yeah. Um, and always a competitive fixture. And like you say, they've got the old halls like Dale that, that have been there for years and goal. Um, has Cavi gone back there now? Because he did go to Spinks, but I think he's gone back to uh, to Cotsford. Uh and I know they've got the link uh, with the city, um, so, that, so they do the, the the charity for the two young boys, Casper and Corey, as well. Yeah. Um, so it, it's great that they've got that sort of community aspect. So, like I say, as, as much as I give them a bit of stick because they beat us in a final, um, yeah, fair play to them. Fair play to them. Alex, I'll ask the next question because the one after Neil loves the question more than he loves his voice. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> what's the best game you've ever been to mate or um, you could say best could be your favourite just what stands out for you this is one I've been asked a lot by just people like in general and I don't have a favourite ground I think there's more grounds that I've liked than I've disliked um, Fulham is one that a lot of Coventry fans like 0.01% of Coventry fans have probably actually been to. I, I, we I've, never, I've never been to never been. Played them, yeah. We haven't played Fulham, I believe, since before Jimmy Hill was our manager. Yeah. Which, wow. if you if you think of it, he was a Fulham and Coventry City legend, which is very yeah. weird to think of. Um, Fulham's a ground I really like, just very unique. Portsmouth's one I'm a big fan of, Ibrox. Um, I'm not a big fan of the modern stadiums. Like I've said earlier, I've been to Spurs' new stadium and you can tell it's worth a billion pounds. It looks mega, to be fair, mate. But it could be anyone's stadium, the way I, I look at that. Right, OK, yeah. And, it, you know, it's very similar to Wembley other than the big stand that I sat in. Molyneux one that I have a bit of an, an unpopular opinion about of it just being a decent ground. A lot of people don't seem to be the biggest fan of that ground. The atmosphere there is quite good. Um, Stamford Bridge, another ground I'm a fan of. Uh, but no, I don't think, like, I haven't got a favourite ground, haven't got a favourite player, I haven't got a favourite nothing. But <laughs> yeah, I, I am going to say Ibrox because I've always answered Ibrox. So I'd say that's my favourite. Fair play. What about non league? Obviously, I know you've touched on, you know, Copsford and Sphinx being good community clubs and being good to you. Is there anywhere, like, when you've been doing your, like, your ground hot where you thought, yeah, I definitely want to come back here? Um, FC United of Manchester's actually uh, won, not really for the ground, more the atmosphere. Didn't they uh, used to play at Bury for a bit? They did play at Gig Lane for a bit because yeah. they were a club that, you know, the whole goal was to build their own ground in the end. Yeah. Uh, so they played at Bury for a bit. Bury, 
uh, eventually kind of up the price a little bit more and you know now looking at Barry they you know that didn't work out uh, they ended up moving to Gainsborough Trinity and I saw them the day after the Stoke game actually against Southport um, travelled up to Manchester on my own stood there on my own um, oh, literally on your own on my own you I fucking just, lunatic what are you playing at doing that <laughs> I, I just turned 15 but I really wanted to go and watch FC United and their fans were absolutely class uh, they were singing the their version of Ollie's at the Wheel, which Man United copied, crazily yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, and the atmosphere, they sung the whole game. They're playing Southport in the National League North. There was did, did they German ultras. They won 1-0. Uh, it was an awful game on the pitch, really. I don't really remember much, other than the goalkeeper. They were calling him Schmeichel because he had really blonde hair. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's probably that's probably a non-league round I'd really go back to. I saw them playing in Eaton a couple of months before, which was my kind of thing that spurred me on to go there. Then I saw them play Leamington. Um, but non-league-wise, there's a lot of grounds that I want to visit, I feel like. There's not many grounds that I've been to and thought, wow, this is you know amazing. A lot of them are quite similar grounds um, as of such. But yeah, there's a few grounds which are very crazy that I've been to as well, like random grounds like Fleet Town. They, Where's that? Like, I don't know what that is. Next to Woking, like I watched okay. them, like just around the corner from Woking. So it was start of well, end of June, uh, 2018. I wanted to go to a game, so I went and watched them play Woking in a friendly. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say there's many non-league grounds that are as a such great. Like there's a few that have been a bit like oh. like AFC Solihull, just a racetrack and a little stand. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's you know going to new. It's it shown me a bit more of a wider experience of football, really. And yeah, non-league grounds are some of my favourites to visit. But my favourite probably definitely be FC United of Manchester. Before nice. we catch up, obviously, me and you, we love football. People who come on this podcast love football. But I don't think that anyone who come on and loves football as much as you. Going on your own yeah. to watch FC United of Manchester and these random teams, mate. Fucking fair play to you, lad. So... This wouldn't normally be the next question, but it's something that's come to my mind while we've been talking. So obviously, do, you do the YouTube stuff. Um, I sound really old saying that, that that, that YouTube stuff, <laughs> um, and you're joining on league. What's your thoughts on hashtag United? Great question. Do you know what? I'm not the biggest fan of hashtag United, and I know this is quite stereotypical. Spencer Spencer Owen, the guy that, that runs the club, formed the club. I used to love his FIFA videos. Um, at a young age. FIFA player. Yeah, a FIFA player. And you know what? Is that um, how they started, is it? Through a bloke playing FIFA on YouTube? So, yeah. basically, it all started. A bloke played FIFA on YouTube. His channel grew. He then made Hashtag United, which was just a YouTube team. And they played things like Manchester City cleaners. Like, yeah, Stoke Manchester staff. City training ground. Stoke staff at the Britannia Stadium. But eventually... But it was very random where it came about because Spencer didn't even announce it. Um, so the FA put out a thing every year of all the non-league clubs' placements, what leagues they put in. Um, so the regional league that year had changed, uh, which allowed like a certain amount of spots in the 11th tier. And hashtag yeah. United just came out of nowhere, um, which was like, wait, what? And, you know, they're doing really, really well in the esports, uh, which is mainly like FIFA and stuff like that. Yeah. And I've, you know, I've got a lot of time for hashtag United in that sense, but it's not like they've done anything wrong it's just the one thing that I dislike about Hashtag United and people will probably disagree with me if they've got an opinion and you know how can you kind of build a club from nothing and expect 
so many supporters worldwide on this internet platform to turn up to games, if you get what I'm saying. Where yeah. are they based, Alex? Where, where are oh, they in the UK? Essex. Essex way. Essex. They were playing on White Hart Lane. Uh, a ground, I can't... It is on White Hart Lane, so probably about a mile from Spurs. But then they moved... I can't think of the team that play there. But then they moved uh, kind of nearer to Essex way. Um, are they at Tipton now, is it? Um, honestly, I'm not too sure. Molden and Tiptree. Yeah, I think, I think that's where they are at the minute. Yeah, yeah. See, I've, I've watched some of that stuff, uh, especially their FA Cup run this year, because I thought it was quite. It was the first year they they were allowed to qualify for the FA Cup, um, and they beat they beat a couple of sides. They were punching well above their weight. Quite well, um, yeah. They, they won like two or three penalty shootouts, um, and I, I was just quite intrigued because, like you say, it, it was this. Bunch of lads from YouTube. It was him and his mates just kind of got together and had a bit of a laugh. Some of them were quite decent. Um, went semi-pro. They got um, a, a manager in who'd managed at a little bit higher level. One of them ended up at Northampton. Yeah, Northampton. Scott Pollock. Yeah, Scott Pollock. Yeah, uh, he's a Northampton lad. He, he, he did an academy series where he basically put something out on his YouTube channel and said, any young footballers who want to come and play for Hashtag. And this was before they were a club. So this was when they were playing glorified friendlies. Um, and this lad, Scott Pollock, won it. Um, and apparently he's a really good goalie as well, from what I've seen. But uh, Northampton signed it, but he's, he's played a couple of times for their first team. Um, and it, apparently he's, he's, he's done really well. But it, they've done a couple of things like that. And I think they shout out that they're like the eighth most followed football team on Twitter. Yeah. Which, I mean, is, which is crazy. Yeah, the thing but, with me for that, but I don't different from, from MK Dons. Exactly. That's my kind of thing. Like, They've got a big following online. Eighth most followed football club in the world. Yeah, but how many are turning up to your games? And 100%. I think yeah. that, that's not what matters. You know, they stream live on have... Twitch, don't they? I'm not, I don't know. Do they stream their games on Twitch? I think, they now, stream their, I think they now stream their games on Twitch. That would be a very hashtag United thing to do. But, you know, this isn't me slamming them. I probably will end up going to a game at some point and probably enjoying it. But... Coventry City have how many followers on Twitter? A couple hundred yeah. thousand, but how many turn up to the games? So, you know, mm-hmm. it, I could probably say it for every club, but I think, you know, they're focusing on things which isn't, in my opinion, how a usual non-league club would run. But if they go up a few levels, I think we'll really see the impact of that and see what happens. Yeah, it, 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 they just really intrigued me because obviously the first thing anyone says is, how can you have a side called hashtag United? Uh, it's not even a place, and then you can say, but neither <laughs> Arsenal, neither Port Vale. Like yeah. you know, uh, so, so that argument's out the window. It's just I'm intrigued to see how someone can build something from nothing and where they get to. I, you know, they, they've ground shared their whole way up. Are they going to build their own stadium at some point? You know, surely they've got to plant roots at some point and say, right, if they want to build a club and get through the pyramid, like they've got to plant roots. They've got to build. I say build a stadium, but acquire some land. And kind of yeah. make it their own. Just, just really intrigues me. Just really intrigues me. But the way um, they run as well is a lot different to a lot of clubs in the ninth tier. So Coventry Sphinx, for example, is all run based off volunteers. So if you think of it, the guy that runs the Twitter is also the guy that does the pitch, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like GMP Sports, the manager is the guy that does the Twitter. So yeah, but they've got like a whole office base. So Spencer. I'm pretty sure in his house, he has offices with people that work for him that sell yeah. not only the hashtag United merchandise. Um, they do all the media stuff. Everything is professional. 
And I mean, they've even got their kits on, on FIFA at the moment. So, yes. you know, massive respect that they've been able to do that. No other club at that level, you know, no matter how big you think you are, for example, Cobb United, you know, you're not running at a professional <laughs> level like like they are. So Shade frame like that. I'd fucking love that dig down, mate. Go on. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get into Coventry United. but I, uh, I can't stand them. I'll go out and say it now. I cannot stand them. My, my only thing is, well, I've got many things, but the one thing that I have most about them is lying about their attendances. So, did they do that today? Oh, so they played Aston Villa ladies in a um, <laughs> in, in a game. One thousand people turned up, right? But my friend Sam went past on the train, took a photo of the the stand, and there's about two hundred people w- there. W- was that at the Butts? At the Butts, yeah. yeah, yeah. And 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 I'm not being funny. I've I've been to Coventry Stinks played on Boxing Day. And I think they said the attendance of 400 and something. And I looked around and thought there's about 50 in the stand, five next to me, 20 <laughs> behind that goal. <laughs> Where have you got these numbers from? <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, there's been some stuff go on there recently, uh, which if you do a bit of digging on Twitter, Dave, you can find out about. But uh, my mate was assistant manager there and he, he, he left um, not that long ago. Uh, because a, then the chairman left and a new chairman took over, and it's just it's just all a bit weird. I think it's if you look on Twitter, weird. you'll find things. There's things uh, I don't really want to say on the podcast. But... Yeah, I, I'll have it. Give, give me a DM after, mate, and I'll have a look at it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, there's, def- there's definitely a few bits. There was a few lads that left and then re-signed two days later. Uh, yeah, the manager, again, it, honestly, it was just weird. It was just weird. Um, see... I think that's quite a popular opinion about uh, Club United. See what I'm doing here, Dave. Um, Go on, lad. <laughs> so, so, so I'll trademark question on the podcast. What is your unpopular footballing opinion? Um, I don't know if this is unpopular. I feel as if the National League and League Two are the same. Exactly the same. There's no real difference if you look at some of the sides in the National League to League Two. Morecambe, for example, that season when they stayed up, were not a League Two side. There's so many teams yeah. that should have been relegated, but there's only two slots to go down and go up. And, you know, yeah, there probably should be three. Maybe it would make League Two and the National League a lot more competitive. But the Football League and non-league is a big drop or a, a big move. There are a few teams in the National League, for example, Weymouth, that if they were in League Two would probably win very few games. But at the same time, you know, if I was to swap 12 teams in the National League with 12 teams in League Two, I really don't think it would be uncompetitive. Like, I still think it would still be a competitive league. I just feel as if because only two teams go down, two teams go up, and there's 24 teams in both leagues, it's not as competitive as it could be. I, but, I agree with that. Like, I've been to watch yeah, Solihull quite a bit, and I think, like, I, obviously, I've watched League Two and I've watched Solihull, and there's not that much difference. I agree with that, and I've never thought about it until you said it. But it's a good point you've made, that, mate. If, if you look at there's teams that come up that don't that don't really go back down for a few years, if ever. Yeah. Yeah. Barrow, yeah, you know, Barrow. sides like that, that are being quite competitive. If you look at um, Luton Town and Lincoln City, they've came up from their league to League Two and absolutely smashed it pretty much. Just found themselves up and up and progressed, really. Lincoln are yeah, doing well in League One. 
And I mean, that's not from money. Do you think Luton Town have much money? They they can't even clean the toilets. Do you know what I mean? That background's absolutely horrendous. So, you know, I, I don't think that the difference in non-league and League Two is too much of a job. As someone that watches a lot of non-league, you know, we all saw what Sonny Hall did last season in the FA Cup. Yeah. Uh, had a good game against Rotherham and I've been to Solihull once and they lost I think they won 3-0 against Sutton United um, and even the quality of football and you know when I saw us play Sutton in a friendly twice um, and you know I, I've looked at them games and there wasn't really too much of a difference between the teams we were playing in League 2 and the teams that we were playing in non-league um, but if I if I was to just make one other kind of unpopular opinion sort of thing that the way the non-league system is run with league two is not as bad as Scotland because in Scotland if you finish bottom of league two there's no guarantee you're going to get relegated so yeah I don't really get that yeah that that I don't get at all it like, sort of like, doesn't it that you know you are you, you're kind of safe in that sort of yeah, so yeah, sort of me, even yeah. though I'm saying it is probably run wrong, it's run a lot better than how other countries deal with it. Do you think they should re-evaluate the, uh, the term non-league? Because for me, you say non-league and it kind of automatically sounds derogatory. Um, I, I, I much prefer, like, you know, someone saying grassroots football or... I, I, don't, I don't know how else you could word it, but I think... Yeah, yeah but, the, the, but no, you say that. that They are non-league. They're, they're not in the football league. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I get that. But then that's like calling you non-English because you're Irish. Yeah. Do, you know, do, do, do you know what I mean? And straight away, that's... For me, that's a derogatory term. Is, is there no way that, you know, you are Irish? Can I just say that they're, they're grassroots? I just like the fact that yeah. we can call the oldest ever football league club non-league at the moment so there's, there's that but at the same at the same time i think you you you've got to look at it grassroots football is probably a better term i until my first non-league game the thought non-league was a cup game you know someone said non-league football i thought oh fa cup carlin corporate <laughs> friendly you yeah. know what i mean but up until that point i didn't really understand non-league Join us for part three, where Neil gets to ask his favourite ever question, and when he gets to his favourite saying, the nitty gritty. Welcome back to part three of What's the Crack podcast. We're still here with Neil and Alex. Um, people would have seen my tweet yesterday evening um, about when we started a couple of weeks ago, and there was a point in there that said, we don't just do it for ourselves because we enjoy it, we do it for other people to listen mm-hmm. um, through these bad times. Uh, and that's true. I'm, it's, it's a bad time for everyone at the moment. Um, but people also go through their own battles on their own as well. Um, so if anyone ever wants to reach out or anything, we're always here to talk. And talking about times, um, we've been we've been ourselves, and so is, so is Alex, who we're here, we're here with at the minute. Um, and we just want, want to kind of talk to you a little bit about that, Alex, if you don't mind discussing it, mate. Um, that's perfectly fine. So I don't know, if you do know me, you follow me on social media or you're in the Coventry City kind of, Twitter scene or social media scene, you probably would have seen that uh, probably around a month or two months ago, uh, there was a little bit of worry um, around me. Um, and I don't really want to get talking into it. I don't really want to speak about it too much. Um, but I think looking back on that as a whole, I think it really shown how bad this lockdown has been, not just for myself, but for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I've, I'll be honest, I've missed football a lot. 
football, in my opinion, is the best thing in my in my life, along with family and, and close friends. And I think I've really, really struggled not being able to go to the games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of other things have happened in my personal life, um, which are, you know, are, are private and things like that. But, yeah, you know, course. mental health is something that I, I'm a real big fan of. You know, I've lost family and friends to suicide. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy thing to, to kind of deal with. Um, but for myself, I mean, I think football has really helped me. And, you know, a lot of people have really shown that they care and really care. And, you know, I, I, I truly respect them. But, you know, looking back on it, because obviously what happened, I wanted to address it. And I never got around to addressing it for the sole reason I didn't know how to. And, you know, I'm here speaking to you now. And, I mean, I still don't really know how to address something, something to anyone. Um, and personally, you know, I, I think I'm a lot better. I'm in a lot better place than I was a couple mm-hmm. of months ago. Um, especially I spent my 18th birthday indoors. So, yeah. you, you know, things like that. It's just this whole lockdown thing. And I think I had a hope for a lot of the summer that, you know, we'd be back at the Rico and we'd be back watching football because COVID was getting better. But then it didn't sort of thing. So, you know, for me, it's just a long time. And if anyone ever is struggling with mental health, I think I've said this so many times and I'm always the message way as well. Like these two are, but yeah, I think... It's something that really does mean a lot to me. And there's always people that care, even when you don't realise it. 100%. Obviously, but people people will know me and Neil as well. And people who know me from my personal Twitter, I like a laugh and take the piss out of people. But I can also be serious. I've been there myself. I've been through a lot of bad times, which I won't go into. But I'm always a message away. And, and, and talking, talking on behalf of Neil as well. I know Neil quite well. Neil's been there as well. Ain't you, mate? Again, yeah. you yourself. De- definitely, you know, th- this lockdown's been hard. Th- this past 10, 11 months, whatever it is, it- it's been really hard. So, look, myself personally, I- I'm quite lucky the fact that I- I've still been working. I've been working from home the whole time. But the, f- the thing is, my only interaction is doing this. You know, you guys can only hear us at the minute. Luckily, when we record this, I can see Dave and Alex's face, and that kind of gives me a little bit of interaction. And that's half the reason me and Dave decided to start this podcast, was to still have that social side of it. That beer before football that you used to have where you'd meet up with your mates and have a chat, just to do that and kind of entertain people we can. Um, and obviously, none of us want to get too deep. We're here to have a laugh and share some great memories and stories, but... It's something we definitely want to address as you know, as a podcast that we're approachable guys. If you just want to drop us a message at any time to talk, feel free to do so. And I think Alex just kind of wanted to kind of address what happened, just to kind of thank people who who, who were concerned, and he didn't want you to think that he just forgot about it. Hundred percent. But with all that said, let's get down to the nitty gritty and the real reason we're here. Your all-time city one to eleven, Alex. Are you prepared? Okay. Yeah, I'm looking on my notes now. What, what um, formation you go, mate? I, to be honest, formation's not a thing because this there's an eleven, but then there's players. I'm thinking, I've missed him. I've missed him. I've missed him. Um, it, I'll be honest, it is hard. Obviously, we both done it ourselves, and I still regret it. No, I didn't have Hadji in mind, mate. I don't know how I didn't have him in it, and I still regret it to this day. I, I still think I should have had McSheffrey in mind. Looking <laughs> back, but you know, it's it's one of them. So I've got the obvious, Lee Burgeon goal. Lee Burgeon! I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Here <laughs> in Westwood. Um, I, think we, I think we discussed that. I'm not a big fan of Lee Burgeon about two minutes ago. 
Um, <laughs> Kieran Westwood, just because I had him on the back of my shirt, really, he was a good, solid goalkeeper. I know we had Schmeichel season before we had Westwood. Yeah. Um, we had Andy Marshall. He was the first keeper. I thought, oh, I don't really remember much of him. He's not a bad-looking fella, to be <laughs> fair. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say Westwood. I'm probably going to go for a 4-4-2. I don't know why I didn't mention that. I love that. Love that. Old school. Old, Old school. school. Uh, Come on, then. So we'll go with your right back. Right back, I've gone with Jordan Clark. Probably an unpopular one. Probably could, oh, have, okay. gone, probably could have gone with Dabo. Uh, but just because I've got a shirt from Birmingham away about 10 years ago. So literally just because of that, really. <laughs> uh, I thought he got a lot of stick at Cov and he was actually quite, he was all right, to be honest. He also came into my school, so I, he was just always there, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And even the season we went down, and I thought he was decent. I saw him play for Scunthorpe against Walsall last season. Yeah, um, I did a bit of work experience at Walsall, so yeah, I got to see him play then. But he's he's mainly there just because he's one that I remember from my childhood. He's best mates with Callum Wilson as well, isn't he? They're still boys now, I think. Yeah, Ian Wilson. Um, Centre back, I've got Scott Dan. Levels, just, just like he could not have done nothing else, but from the goal against Newcastle, which I didn't even see. Clean sweep, clean sweep. We forgot. We forgot to mention this. Oh, sorry, yeah. Alex. Yeah, sorry, sorry Alex. So, if at any point we say clean sweep, it's because me and Dave had that person in our one to eleven as well. Um, we both had Scott Dan. Yeah, we both had Scotty Dan. Decent. Um, the other centre back, I've put Rob Page, but I'm starting to think Reader Johnson's missing, so I'm going to put Reader Johnson instead. Where's oh, Jordan Willis, mate? <laughs> Jordan Willis. I mean, Jordan Willis is probably 35th choice. In all wow. Of um, <laughs> End of the podcast. See you later, boys. <laughs> um, the unpopular uh, opinion was the last part. <laughs> I didn't think he was a bad player. It's just he went to Sunderland. So, you know, yeah, he went, uh, went from, you know, starting 11 to under 18's reserve second team. <laughs> To, to, to be um, fair, Rob Page and Redder Johnson were both good shouts, but both absolute tanks of a man as well. Redder Johnson, if we could have kept him fit, I think you know we could have kept on to him for a few seasons. He was an absolute tank of a man. I remember Rob, Rob Page from a young kid, and I mean, I thought he was a good player, but only Redder Johnson because I remember him more and I've yeah. seen him play a bit more. Other than that day against Worcester City in the FA Cup, I'd probably put him in this squad. Um, uh, uh, Rob Page, who, who was one of our guests that said he was the best player at Cov when he was, was that Boywater? Stephen Boywater said it, yeah. Yeah, so Rob Page was the best player at Cov when he was there. So yeah. you know, you've got a good memory if, you, if you're saying that he's a good player. You, you're in good company there. Uh, probably because I always played in defence, so like, I've always <laughs> kind of watched the defenders a bit more yeah. than the attackers. And then finally, Danny Fox, I'm putting him in the back four as well. Fox and Dan were always together. I think they came yeah. from Warsaw together, didn't they? Oh, from so Warsaw, yeah. Yeah. Um, into the midfield, left mid, I've gone with Ryan Kent, even though oh. he was only here half a season. Um, What's a player, got, a bit, got a bit of a soft spot for him for the player that he's turned into and his yeah. trick against Barnsley as well. Is that yeah. a Rangers fan as well? Oh, definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not but, yeah. His, his goal at Celtic Park has not helped this at all, but yeah, he's just, he was just a good player, good player to have on the left wing, um, and he, he's just creative. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember his trick, like I just mentioned against Barnsley. Even though I don't even think he retrieved the ball, I remember how many times I've I, I, I remember it yeah. around when I was about thirteen. Um, 
right mid. I didn't really know what to to do. I wanted to put McSheffrey in it, so I've just put him on the right. I know this. Yeah, he, he can cut, cut in on his left foot, can't he? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. I, I, but I've put McSheffrey in. Um, I've got I remember. Story, what, I remember watching him play on the right against Brighton on New Year's Eve, um, and he cut in off the right and scored. We won one 0 and he scored cutting in off the right on his left foot. So he, he was capable of playing that. You can have I that think, one, mate. That's easy. Yeah, um, I've got a funny story about Gary McSheffrey. Actually, I've got all his trophies from when he was like under thirteens, under fourteens. Have you got that? Would you rob his house? <laughs> Pretty much, actually. <laughs> so um, he moved out of his house in Hillfields, um, and my uncle's into property, knows absolutely nothing about football. Um, but he bought a few properties in Coventry, um, did them up, rented them out, student accommodation sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so a six-bedroom house in Hillfields is perfect, right? Yeah. So he's, he's done that up, and um, he, he calls me up. He goes, oh, there's some Coventry City stuff there if you want it. I'm thinking it's a few shirts or something, but I've, I've gone down there anyway. And um, he's got a proper replica jacket and a box of trophies. And it's G McSheffrey, G McSh- And I'm thinking this is Gary McSheffrey's under 13s, under 14s. Unless so, he's got a brother called Gordon that we don't know about. <laughs> I, I, I would be let down. Uh, but I, I found this and I didn't tweet him until about two months ago and he didn't reply to the tweet but he liked it so I assume it's his um, I, I, it's funny you say that because I was going to say does Gary McSheffrey know because if he doesn't he might do now even now it's to the, to the internet mate I mean I, I don't know it, yeah that's the story I think to be honest I've told everyone this story but I was I was pretty blown away with it that it was his that's um, brilliant and I think he's actually the under 18s manager at Doncaster now he is he's yeah. doing a good job as well so anyway, when Spinks played Doncaster, I thought I can find I can finally tell him about the trophies. But then he wasn't there that day. I don't know why. I don't know but he wasn't he wasn't I just stood right next to the bench at Spinks Drive thinking, Where is he? And he wasn't there. So oh, yeah, yeah, but for how good he was to Coventry as well, I think we've completely dodged that. I mean Yeah, he was. He, he was he was a great player to be fair. Uh, even though he did have that little spell down the road. So yeah, to be I fair, think... when he went to Birmingham, he perfected that left midfield role to a perfection, man. He was unreal when he came back from Blues. The thing is, I didn't. I only saw him play once because, I mean, before he came back, because he went to Birmingham, I think, just after the Sunday game. Just after game. your first game, yeah. My yeah, he did, game. yeah. So I, my, my dad was pretty gutted. All his mates were pretty gutted about it. But I didn't know who he was. So maybe I, he, he would be a definite on this squad if, well, he's here anyway. But maybe I would he would have been first choice because I kind of had to think a little bit more with the midfield because there's quite a lot of options. But just how good he was, especially the season, even though we went down, just that experience and just having Gary McSheffrey back in the side was good. And yeah. he, even to this day, when he would play against us, I think for Grimsby and Scunthorpe, um, probably one of the only times I've ever seen Coventry City fans applaud an opposition player. Mm-hmm. Personally, I wouldn't ever. like, But, you know, if, for example, Jordan Shipley, after 10 years of being Coventry City's biggest fan, Went went to a club. I probably won't clap because he's not playing Coventry City. But I respect the fans that you know did, and I can I kind of understand why. On have we got have we gone for in the middle, mate? Yeah, onto the middle. Obvious choice, Michael Doyle. Clean Very sweep obvious. for me. I had him. I don't think. I'm, so, I'm, a, bit like that. I'm, I'm, like... I'm a bit older, so I, I remember Gary Mack and Hadji. But can I just say he's made so many appearances? Yeah. Or, 
Yeah, and, and, and you know what? I, I was a big fan of him the first time he was round, and when Dennis Wise came in and played alongside him, I reckon it, it upped his game tenfold, massively. So I, I think that little spell with Dennis Wise extended Doyle's career a little bit because he, he kind of he learned, so, he, he, yeah, he learned so much from him, yeah. 100%. And then my second centre mid is definitely going to be Joe Cole. Just for the fact that it was Joe Cole, he yeah. didn't do as much as some people expected, but the fact he was there, the fact he was enjoying playing football again, just in general, because obviously he wasn't getting game time in the Premier League anymore. Came to League One under Tony Mowbray, and yeah, he just definitely has to go into this side just because of who he is, really. You say um, that, Alex, but I remember a game, I think it was Warsaw midweek. He, he went to free kick and Chris, and Chris Stokes scored the header. Was, was that Warsaw? I think we drew, yeah, 1 1. Yeah, sorry, 1 1. Might have been, yeah. Yeah, so the first half, he, I was quite near the front. Um, so. He was talking to Jacob Murphy the whole game. He coached him through that first half. Joe Cole, I think Joe Cole, he went off at half-time or just after half-time. And the second half, Jacob Murphy was horrific. He was out of position. Um, he just didn't track back enough. And that's when they got back in the game. And I think that's one thing that really goes unnoticed about what Joe Cole did when he was at the City is the fact that he must have had such a positive influence on the lads like Adam Armstrong, Jacob Murphy, James Madison, John Fleck, those young lads around him at the time. And I think that's, you know, I mean, I was on a podcast with a fellow ground opera a few months ago and I told him half the players in that squad and he was baffled that we finished eighth or ninth in League One. I, I, yeah, I, I, I still have now. I don't know how we didn't get top six that year. I, I tweeted about it the other day because I was up at one in the morning watching the highlights thinking, how didn't we get promoted with this team? Travesty. I mean, if you remember the Peterborough game where we won 3-2, uh, we were 2-0 down at half Yeah, time. I remember that, yeah. And was that where Murphy uh, Mur- scored a hat-trick? It might, I think Murphy got two, Armstrong got one. Murphy got a hat-trick against right, okay, yeah. it was. My bad, yeah. But that game just as a whole, like the way we turned things around at half-time, and I think we'd only just signed Joe Cole, actually. I didn't think he played. He made his debut a week later. Um, and again, that free kick against Barnsley. What yeah. a strike! Yeah, just I think that I think he's one of them players again. If I think of favourite goals I've seen, that might be on there actually. Um, but yeah, Joe Cole just as a whole, him being a just him being Joe Cole. But I want to make an honourable mention to a couple of midfielders, um, Michael Mifford. Just I don't know how he's not in this side, uh, but you know, there's only eleven players. I think he was great for probably a season. And then, you know, that, that was him. I think he signed my first season, but didn't really, I didn't really notice him until the second season. Um, but yeah, Aaron Gunnarsson, just for how good his throws were, nothing else. I don't even remember if he was that good at football when I was that young. He, he, he was. was. He was, he was, he was an absolute well. rat as well, wasn't he? Absolute oh, yeah. rat in the middle of the all, back. All yeah. I remember was he could throw the ball from one side of the pitch to the other. Yeah. So I just loved that. No, he was a good then, player, and then Jordan Henderson as well, just because well, I do remember Jordan Henderson slightly from his loan spell um, and probably just because of the player that he's gone on to be as well. Mm-hmm. The, the, the mad thing with him, when he was at Cove, he was a winger and that, then he went to be a hiding midfielder and he's fucking won the Champions League and Premiership. It's madness. And, and he was probably the best player for England at the last World Cup as well. Yeah, exactly. 
the, the big ones now, Alex. Who are we going up front, mate? Um, I think the obvious, Deli Adebola, just because I said he's my favourite player. Standard. Um, and then, pretty pretty much the opposite, Adam Armstrong. Um, Some player. Just his pace, just how good he was on the ball, um, how quick he was as well, just on the break. The over-the-top ball, I remember against Wigan, his first goal. Remember the, being in the, the first game of the season? Yeah, I remember being in the yeah. first corner for that game. And he did it pretty much right in front of me and the ball just goes over the top and the way he ran onto it and scored. And I, I don't know what it was, but after that, after the Millwall away game, and he just started to impress very early on. Um, I saw him score a penalty for Blackburn last season as well uh, against Birmingham. So even to this day, he's shown that he's, he's not as good as I thought he would have been though. Out of that, out of that squad, I thought he would have been miles ahead of James Madison, Mar- yeah. you know what I mean? Jacob Murphy. And this is no disrespect to James Madison. This is when you said your unpopular opinion, I probably should have said this. I thought James Madison was awful for us. I fucking love you so much. Cause I've said it for years and got slated I, for it. I, I agree. I, 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 and I also feel that the second he signed on that dotted line for Norwich, he did not give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So here's, here's the thing. Crawley away, right? The passion when, when he scored, I thought he was yeah. great. At the end of that season, I remember we beat Colchester 1-0, I think it was. Jim O'Brien might have scored. Yeah. And Madison was brilliant when he came off the bench. I think we lost 3-1 to Crew. I think we beat Oldham or Drew to Oldham on a Tuesday night. But near the end of that season, we had this young lad coming on, 18, looked really good. Um, and, then, and then he got injured, didn't he? Really near the start of the Adam Armstrong season, mm-hmm. I think. And when he came back, he might have, yeah, I don't know. He did get injured, didn't he? I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah, yeah, when he did. Came, when he came back as well from from the injury and the Norwich thing, it, it didn't feel like the same player. And I didn't care that we'd lost him. You know, when we announced that, oh, well, we didn't really announce it. It was half an hour after the window had shut. They yeah, said, oh, I, I remember watching Sky Sports News and thinking they said there was one more to happen at Norwich. And my mate texted me and said, that's James Madison. I was like, nah, Madison won't go Norwich. That's a backwards move. Like, it's, it's, it's sideways. It's not, nah, he won't go there. I, and I, literally said this in, I literally said the same thing in my video. What was the attraction of Norwich? Like, yeah. it's, it's a, it was a strange one, but I never really thought he was great for us. So he might have scored that goal at Chesterfield away, which was actually obscene. But other than that, I didn't really think he was that good. And the only other one I remember, Port Vale on Boxing Day scored, didn't he? We won 1-0 on Boxing yeah. Day against Vale, I think. But, yeah, they have on the family stand. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I don't. I, I can't stand him now. I think I think he's a very good player now, but I just don't like him. I'll never get over the fact he went to Leicester being a cough boy. I'll never get over it. But he's 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 not a cough fan. It's a Man United yeah, fan. Yeah, I know that, but I don't but care. That's, mate. The thing. that's the thing, right? He says he's not a cough fan, he's a Man United fan, which I respect. And I know I'm going to bring out the programme thing. If you read through the programme interviews, he claims to be a cough fan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so, why claim something all your that cough and then he leaves? Yeah. And if you look at my pinned tweet, it's him wearing a cough shirt at the Checker Trade game with Stevenson 32 on the back. Because obviously him and Ben Stevenson go years back. Uh, and he was, you know, in with the fans that day. And th- this is the one thing I don't like about him. Like, don't get me wrong, fantastic talent. Like, I think he should be in the England squad if not in the England starting side, scored four and four at a minute, he's on fire. But it's just something about him off the pitch. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's just something off the pitch. I just think, same as Jack Grealish, on the pitch, frightening, but off the pitch, there's just something about him. I just think, 
but then I'm a again, little bit different. I think he carries himself really well with the media. I, I, I thought he thought come across one even odd when they beat Chelsea. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's like I don't know. Do you remember his old tweet about the lion or some? I can't even remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, weren't it about sheep and lions or something? Oh, yeah, I can't remember. He's blocked me on Twitter actually because of that on my old Twitter account, which I've deactivated. <laughs> what, what, what did you say to him, mate? I can't remember. I was about 13. It was probably something I shouldn't have said, to be honest. <laughs> uh, We've all been there, mate. Yeah, we, we, we try not to talk about old Twitter accounts. <laughs> <laughs> um, going back to, to your side, mate. Um, what, very good side, by the way. Who's your skipper? Is Doyla? I don't know. Doyla or McSheffrey? McSheffrey... Oh, probably Doyler. Probably Doyler. I'm only giving it to Sheffrey because he's a Cov legend as such. So yeah, probably Doyler. I'm guessing we know the answer to the next one. Um, who's the manager, Mike Robbins? Oh no, <laughs> definitely uh, Russell Slade. Yeah, <laughs> nah, Mark, it's got to be Mark Robbins. He, you know what? If it weren't, it would probably be Chris Coleman or Tony Mowbray. So, I mean. Even Ian Dowie would probably get a shot. You know what I mean? Like I, I actually like Dowie to be fair. He's all right. I mean, all, all for the fact that Coleman got us far in the FA Cup, Dowie made us beat Man United, which then we went on to lose against West Ham anyway. Um, and then Mowbray, just because of the players that he brought in, was probably my favourite manager. Um, and he really got me reinvested in, in City as well. You know, don't, don't get me wrong. I've always been obsessed with City. I mean, the whole YouTube thing started because there was never any videos of Coventry City on YouTube so I just wanted to do them do you know what I mean and you know Coventry City has been a big part of my life but you know before that under Stephen Presley don't get me wrong he was a not a great manager but he was a lovely bloke yeah but I agree with that it, I just felt like things aren't going to get any better now we're just going to be a league one club because that's how it felt like we were just settling in league one yeah. and then we had that great season with Mowbray and then things went south but even though it was an awful season, you know, there was still that hope. And I was actually really excited because I'm going to tick off loads of new grounds in League Two. So that, that was literally just that. But Every, every cloud and all that. Mark, Mark Robbins, at first, he didn't bring me the excitement Mowbray did. But then again, now he's done it all. Not, not yet, anyway. We're not in the Premier League just yet. But Not he, too long now, mate. Give it a couple of years. Yeah, he seems to have turned things round. And every time there's a job, looks like oh he's going here he's going there and he's never I think the only job he'll take over Coventry City and I don't want to jinx it touching wood is Man United because even though Ollie's doing a great job you know I think he's a not a Man United legend but he saved Fergie's job back in the day so yeah, if, there's any, if there's any club he's going to pick over us it's going to be Manchester United Alex you mentioned YouTube there where can our listeners find you on YouTube and on Twitter and on Facebook where can they, and Instagram, whatever you're on? Where can they find you, mate? Um, I'm on YouTube. Uh, my channel's just Alex Craig. Um, my Twitter and Instagram are both Alex Craig GH. Um, I'm a lot more active. Well, I'd say I'm a lot more active on Twitter than the Instagram. Um, but I mean, even now, there's so many people, so many that are just active on Twitter quite a lot. I'm not like that. Like, I spend a lot of time off Twitter on my Xbox playing FIFA and I don't know I feel as if some people are very good at voicing their opinions on Twitter I'm not I'm not that sort of person if I've got an opinion I'm going to end up in an argument with someone but yeah that, that's just me 
Um, you obviously, you mentioned you play FIFA and Xbox, mate. I do as well. So if you ever get bored, add me at Ronald David. I'll give you a game. Um, Ronald David. <laughs> that's my name, Ronald David on Xbox. Oh, uh, yeah. Alex, it's been a pleasure, mate. And thank you for coming on. Really appreciate it, mate. Yeah, it really has, mate. It's been great talking to you, mate. And you, mate.